investigations into matters like Burisma, Ukraine, China, resulted in this. And the talk was prior to finding out about these charges. Oh, this. I was saying a lot. I was recording. So part of so the, to act. So when we start, when we begin to study Caribbean theology, of course, we want to look at our, um, we talk about the, our Caribbean being an invention. There's so much to dissect and there's so much to say. But our theology, which is based on a kind of critical thinking that speaks to the challenge and, and issues of the day. By the way, there's something I want to raise with you guys. But um, I, the other student is not here, but um, Howard is still here. Karen is not here yet. Wait, Howard. Oh, I mean, I keep mixing Sorry. up. I keep mixing up you with um, the other student. So, but I'm but I'm looking forward to to uh to do. A, I want to do a recap quickly about what we discussed because I think last week was very important. And um, the first part of the class, I think what I want you guys to do is to come up with your own understanding, your definition um of theology and i don't know if you get i don't think you were able to do the homework forward about um did you do did you do the homework um the assignment for um for this for last week was to to come up with a definition of caribbean theology no, no sir but um i think i could craft one no um i think i could craft one no in a couple of minutes Oh, okay. You want to craft and come up with a definition. Yes. Yeah, so the first thing I wanted you to do was to come up with a definition of theology based and of course, based on the discussions that we had in the last class, because in the last class, I dis we started the lecture, um, which was, and I made some very important points as it relates to coming up with a definition for Caribbean theology, if I could find that. Um, here it is, um, Caribbean theology, is it this one? No, that's the course outline. Oh, and we haven't gone through the course outliners yet, but um, Caribbean theology dynamics, documents, documents, abortion, where is it? Oh, here we go, Caribbean theology and the issue of power. Because um, we said last week that, um, we said that some of the key themes and perspectives within Caribbean theology include, one, we said contextualization. We talked about contextualization, um, which was Caribbean theology emphasizes the importance of engaging with the specific cultural, historical, and social realities of the Caribbean context. And we said that it seeks to bridge the gap between theology and the everyday experiences of Caribbean people. Um, we said that liberation theology. The second thing we talked about in terms of key themes and perspectives within Caribbean theology um, was liberation theology, and which was influenced, which in, which was influenced by the broader liberation theology movement or liberation movement. Caribbean theology places a particular emphasis on the liberation and empowerment of the marginalized and oppressed. We said that it highlights the need for social justice, equality, and the dismantling of oppressive structures in Caribbean society. And the dismantling of, now this particular part is, is absolutely important 
the dismantling of oppressive structures in Caribbean society. Um, because one of the things that we were talking about, of course, that speaks to our social act action. It speaks to social activism, social acti or activism, the active part, which is kind of interesting in terms of, because there was always this marriage between church and state, always this marriage between the, the theology and, and the politics, which in, especially in Caribbean society, which has inherited that European identity, which a strong influence of the church, the church still plays a very significant role in society. And there is, and also society helps to influence the church. There's, there's a symbiotic relationship. But we talk about, we talk about liberation theology and, and highlighting the need for social justice equality and the dismantling of oppressive structures in Caribbean society. And when we talk about Caribbean society, um, what is Cari the Caribbean society? If you're not just talking about Jamaica, we're talking about the entire Caribbean people and the Caribbean experience. Okay, so it goes beyond just looking at one particular Caribbean nation, but we look at the, all the uh, it goes beyond Jamaica, but it but it in, it includes Suriname, it's Belize, whatever the case, and there are some there is something and the, or that that unites that the or the Caribbean peoples together, and um, there is a recent issue, and you know when we study Caribbean theology, and if and if and if liberation theology is part of Caribbean theology, then liberation theology cannot be divorced from what is happening in society. That is part of the active liberation theology came out of the 1940s and 50s and 60s with that kind of um, activism, nationalist movement, so, um, socialist, socialist movement and independence movement and pan-African drive and so on. It was part of an active movement for liberation, for freedom, recognizing the, the freedom of individuals. And so it came out of all of that. And so I talk about, so all theology cannot be devoid from what's going on in, our, in, in society. And I think we started last week talking about Haiti, but, um, and I think this is where I really want to raise a very important issue about um, Haiti today. I want to raise a very important issue as it relates to, uh, to Haiti because earlier somebody took me on. <laughs> um, somebody took me on earlier today. Um, let me see if I could find it, uh, that tweet. Somebody took me on today. Uh, somebody took me on today. And if I could find, whichever, and anyways, I, and I started a Caribbean community. I said, I said, question, is it true that Juneteenth has nothing to do with Haiti or Jamaica? Is it true that Juneteenth has nothing to do with Jamaica or I mean Haiti or Jamaica? The truth, and I say to you, the truth depends on one's perspectives, especially if it is myopic and limited in that it does not go beyond time and space. It does not go beyond time and space. It does not go beyond time and space. Define the law of thermodynamics. 
But Harris would want us to believe that it does, that it does, it doesn't, that Juneteenth has nothing to do with Haiti. Based on his reply to the post I shared on Juneteenth, calling for us to be good Samaritans, the, the post that I had shared called on us to be what? Good Samaritans. And the idea of this good Samaritan came from the class last week when we were talking about being good Samaritans. Calling for us to be good Samaritans in the fight for justice. That is liberation theology. The issue, okay? The fight for justice. I had posted yesterday via my Twitter as we reflect and celebrate the emancipation of slavery leading to universal suffrages and human rights in the US on this Juneteenth. I had posted this. Let's not forget our brothers and sisters in Haiti, our brothers and sisters. Notice the word brothers and sisters, and I, I carefully choose my word. No, let's not forget our brothers and sisters in Haiti, still fighting for, this, for these same rights that human. And then I asked them to sign the petition for Haiti the petition that Caribbean governments should support a Haitian-led solution against foreign interference. And I put the, the, the link to the tweet. Harris critiqued in the thread via Twitter saying Juneteenth has nothing to do with Haiti, no Jamaica. I, resp I responded saying, but it does. But it does. In the words of C.L.R. James, and I quote, Fidel Castro and the Cubans are not black, but their revolution was West India. And, and those aren't my words. Those are the words from C.L.R. James. C.L.R. James, in his book, um, from Castro, from, 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 um, from um, Toussaint to Castro, and even in his book, looking at the Black Jake Cummins. He said that, he said of, and, and in this interview, he said of the West Indian, he said of Fidel Castro and the Cubans of their revolution. It's, it's not a black thing for them. They're not black, but their revolution was West Indian. You know, part of theology, part of this uh, liberation theology movement or recognized was also part of this Pan-African movement. Part of this liberation theology was a, was, was, was a liberation based on enlightenment, based on empowerment of people's empowerment of individuals. But part of the problem with liberation theology is that it run incongruous with part of orthodoxy, part of the orthodox faith. Even to the point where well, there are people who talk about this kind of ultra liberation theology or extreme, even talking about feminism, Marxism, and extremism. But every kind, every, almost any, any, almost any idea can be seen as extreme or ultra. And something is extreme or ultra when it does not consider anything else. When it when when it when the idea promotes itself, privilege itself over others, 
to the point of violence where it would bend others into that ideology. But that was okay. Or as if nothing else existed and promote that particular thing as the best. But of course, so there are those there, but it happens. But of course, whether it's in orthodoxy, because orthodoxy does the same thing. It is as if it is part of this human nature to promote a particular ideology. But that's not all of liber the liber you know, you have feminists, but you have ultra feminists. You have liberation theology, but you have you have extreme um, and ultra um, liberation theology. But the thing about liberation theology was a recognition of the other. A recognition of, and not just a recognition, was an acknowledgement of the other. It was, it is, it is, a, it is, it is giving, it is giving dignity to other perspective and to other experience. It is to raise the individual. It is to raise the individual towards an empowered self, but not, but not, but not devoid of any spiritual experience, as if the human is above that of the of of the old, of God. But there are those who may see that because talking about the when you talk about your view of God. Is it a top-down approach or an up or a bottom-up approach? And of course, that based on your one school of thought will determine your approach to theology, especially in terms of postmodernism. Or and but we said that um, Kant in, in his history said that history is a result of the varieties of human nature and circumstance. But Back to the point we talked, so it's a, the recognition of let's, so I said, let's not forget brothers and sisters in Haiti, still fighting for the same rights that is human. Our brothers and sisters, they are still fighting for the same rights that's human. Sign the petition that Caribbean government support the Haitian led solution against foreign interference. Harris critiqued. In the sense, and of course, I talked about what Harris said. And I said that while Harris believed that Juneteenth has nothing to do with Haiti or Jamaica, it's an American thing, I said it does, in the words of CLR James. Fidel and the Cubans are not black, but their revolution was West Indian. We are all fighting for the same thing. What are we? Okay. Indeed, if one is not free, then none is free. If one is not free, then none is. That is the basis of Pan-Africanism. That is the basis of liberation theology. That is part of the Caribbean experience where we are fighting for independence, fighting for self-determination, fighting for nationhood, fighting for sovereignty. And it's an acknowledgement of the other. So if the Haitians are not free, then we are not free. If they are fighting for freedom and independence, and we talk about, when we look at the idea of Christian theology, which is influenced by the Judeo-Christian faith or doctrine of, that talks about 
of sacrifice. And the picture of Jesus on the cross and what Jesus represents. Our Christian theology, and well, of course, Jesus was said to be a Jew, but he went outside of his Jewish community and he took unto himself friends and, 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 and followers who were Gentiles and of a different race and ethnicity and group, a different kind of people, and went as far as to, give in, get, to deny his deity or his divinity. And of course, sacrificed himself in order to bring all men. When you see, when you look at, when you see, read the scriptures and you see what the, what the Christian Bible or look at, and of course we talk about the picture of the whole Jews see the problem with the problem of, of the Christian, but the problem that Jews had with the Christian Bible, we talk about that. Jesus is too weak. Jesus does not speak to the experience of the Jewish people. The experience of the Jewish people does not give them, cannot allow them to see a Jesus that is brutalized and that is not part of their experience. While it, the Greeks, their Achilles, could not see a, a hero that was like the Hebrew Jesus. While now the Christian could not see a Jesus, saw a Jesus that would go as far as dying to raise them up. All these peoples from different generations, different epochs, they have a different understanding of Christ because as we say, like Kant, Kant says, history is a result of the varieties of human nature and circumstances. What the circumstances, the experience of people more often than not, give rise to an understanding of their theology, give rise because their theology speaks to, oh, okay, or, or it is that the ultimate God speaks to people based on their context, based on their experiences, so that each peoples have an, a particular theology of God based on how God in his infinite ways God who is omnipotent, God, God who is omnipresent, God who is omniscient is able to communicate to human beings and to reveal himself in such a way that speaks to the particular human understanding of all things. Yet human beings have sought to privilege that experience which was meant for themselves. Whatever the case might be, whatever the case might, then it would stand to reason Then we cannot discount and disqualify as primitive and insignificant the African experience, the African, the, the African, the African understanding, the, our African heritage within our Caribbean theology. We can't discount any possibility of Indian and Maroonage heritage of part of the of our experience. But the but what but whatever the case might be, what is important about liberation theology and a theology that is Caribbean is, is to recognize 
what's the, the our theology within a particular liber, liberation theology that's speaking to the empowered self. If one is not free, then none is, none is free. We are connected as human beings in the fight for human rights and freedoms. In the fight for human rights and freedoms. So the question of, so when we, so the question is to say, to, to say, so to say, so to the question is, is it true that Juneteenth has nothing to do with Haiti or Jamaica? Is it true? That's a question that you guys could ask yourself. And then we start to think about it within the realm of theology, because of course, theology deals with truth. Of course, there was, oh, remember J.E. Adams that had said once when we studied psychology, all truth is God's truth. And we discussed whether or not there can be a marriage between Christianity and psychology. But one, at once, at, at one time, there was, there, there was, there was no, that was not there, there. That was not. At one time, the at one time Christianity and psychology was not. They had no love. You could not. There was. You know. You could not integrate psychology with theology. There was a big debate about whether about the integration of psychology and theology. So, so, so that's so one so. Of course, we talk so Caribbean theology recognizes the brotherhood fighting. We're fighting together. Kaya Gagard says once. Well, I won't talk about Kaya Gagard as yet. So those were some of the. Um, let me continue with uh, some of the things that we discussed. Uh, where is it? Where am I? Where am I? I think. Okay, there we go. So that's liberation theology dismantling. So we talk about Haiti. The whole Haiti situation came about with Ariel, Ariel, the, Haiti has a de facto president. Haiti hasn't had an election since 2017. The people are fighting for that right, that right to be able to ill, that, that right of a government, government by the people, of the people, for the people. When Caribbean people were, when Caribbean people, when we were fighting for independence, we were fighting for a kind of in and, and a kind of nation, a nation that was Caribbean, a nation what that was of the people who live there. That was free from foreign interference. A nation that was based on laws and democracy. A nation where people could self-determine, where they could where, with universal suffrage and universal rights. And Haiti was one of the first country, black country, on the first country to have independence and to be free. And the thing is with Haiti, they didn't get independence, they took their independence. But today, they don't have the people, the, our brothers and sisters in Haiti, don't have the luxury of what we have here in of what other people have in other parts of the Caribbean. They are being denied that and they are fighting for that right. And in order for them to, for that right to be guaranteed, they need brothers and sisters all over the world, 
including Caribbean, who is part of, and Haiti is part of that Caribbean West Indian community that is fighting for, for, for democracy, that helped to preserve democracy. Caribbean, CARICOM and Caribbean community and our Caribbean theology is all about fighting for and preserving democracy and nationhood. But what we have is foreign interference and foreign penetration and people all over the world that is recognizing a de facto government that is holding onto power and preventing its people. And I ask, what if Jamaicans had to live through a, a, a political party that's holding on to power six, seven, eight years and they're still in power, no election and there is no indication of an election, denying that you're right as a Jamaican. And so, and so it has led to gang warfare and other kind of, and that has added violence on top of violence. And so we have, that's all, so our theology speaks to that. That's the liberation theology. There's also the third thing that our theology speaks to. The, the theme is Afro-Caribbean Afro spirituality. And I asked some of you that at this point in the class, when, when you come to this level, you will probably, you would have already done systematic theology. I mean, you would have already done um, introduction to theology, contemporary theology, postmodern theology, um, digital technology and theology. And then by now you are ready to Roman theology. I don't know if you do that or, and so on and so forth. Bible and history and so on. You come to Caribbean theology. We're looking at, okay, based on all that you have studied, What is your understanding of Caribbean theology? And how does it speak to Caribbean experience today and, and, and tomorrow? Does it, and okay, and does it, and does, and therefore, and so the question is, as we go through the course, we will ask, how have your theology, how have your theology been? been adjusted? How has it evolved throughout this course or throughout your experience? What has been your greatest influence? What is the greatest influence? What influences your theology and why? And of course, I talk about African theology. I mean, people that, I mean, why do we, you might ask, why is it that we have to look, why is African theology important to Caribbean? But when you look at Caribbean, we say that the Caribbean is an invention. It's an invention of the 20th century. And when we talk about the 20th century, we're talking about from the 19, from the nine, when we talk about the 20th century, we talk about the 1900s up to. Okay, you know, the 20th century includes the 1900s. So 19 something is the 20th, the 21st century talking about 20 and beyond. So the 20th century is not 2021. The 20th century, we talk about the 1900s from independence and for that drive to nationhood. But of course, we have to, but we are going to start from even before that experience from slavery. But all of that experience, of course, you, of course, the uh, uh, African, the African experience. Because last week we talked about Dotty Bookman, and how Dotty Bookman was a very important figure 
we talk about we talk about voodoo last week and voodoo is an important um what the national religion or the or an important faith um voodoo is very important in terms of and they have and haiti is known for their voodoo and we learned we really learned we we learned about voodoo last week in a little bit um better about voodoo and voodoo is about protection but voodoo is looked down upon in caribbean experience because i mean anything that comes from from anything that comes out of our African experience is looked down upon. And we have inherited that, okay? We have inherited that. And the way we see voodoo today, of course, the way how you voodoo is practiced, it is not, the practice of voodoo is not the practice, not the original intent of voodoo we're being here. And the same thing goes for Obia. And we talk about, but the practice of some of, some of, the, ide some of the ideological tenets of voodoo it's contained within Catholicism and some of the standard religions of today, or European religions of today, Christian religion that we have inherited. But yet still, the, we don't have that appreciation for African religion. We don't have appreciate or that have that or our Caribbean religion or anything that is Caribbean that comes from that African ancestry or that come from us, which speaks to our Caribbean theology and how colonization has created a kind of psyche that has come, that we talk about Bob Marley says, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. We, okay, we talk about, but we have inherited that to the point of privilege, of privileging one, a particular kind of theology over, over other. We talk about how we speak in our language, and I think I was having a conversation with Chantel earlier about, about language and how language is important. And we talk about mainline churches, even in our language, the mainline churches. Well, what are the mainline churches? The Anglican, the Catholic Church, the Presbyterian. Those are the mainline, those churches that come from Europe. But what are the non-mainline churches? Those that come from the Caribbean experience that is influenced by that kind of, Af dominated by African behavior. So, our so when, we talk, when we talk about Caribbean theology and that Afro-Caribbean spirituality, it's quite interesting that you have not done, there is no talk about African-Caribbean spirituality in Caribbean theology, okay? But of course, Car the institution that, you know, I say to you, when you study anything, you study the context, because earlier we talked about contextualization of our Caribbean theology. But we talk about, and I said to you earlier, I said to you, I went around the bush earlier and talked about um, that the penetration from without, European penetration, and how our, our, the context is important And the contextualization of our of our understanding of Caribbean. So the context, the school. The, so we so say for example, I, so I say to you, what school you? What is your what seminar? Where are you, where are you being trained? When you okay. So I say, if I say to you, all right, fine. Come up with an understand. Come up with a definition for theology, based on what you have understood and your own experience, and your understanding of theology. Also, refer to some sources. What can, what major figure, who, what influences your theologies? 
have come to influence your understanding of your definition or your 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 interaction of this idea of what theology is. What 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 we're what is your faith experience and how does that speak to it too? What about your mom and your dad and the community you're in? Okay. What about your understanding of history? But what about challenges to your theology and how does it affect or interact with your theology? Do you hold any biases to your theology? So now we are going deep because part of Caribbean theology, like Caribbean thought, is doing critical thinking. We are also we are revisiting our theology, not to discount it, but I said to people, why I used to teach Caribbean, I used to teach apologetics. And I and I said to people, some I said, and, and I discovered that many people are afraid of apologetics. Do you know why people are afraid of? And I would I would tell my students in apologetics, do not be afraid to be challenged. Do not be afraid to be pushed. Do not afraid to be questioned. Because if you are afraid to be questioned, that means you are not certain of your of of your own truth, of your own perspective, of your own your, your, you okay. You are not certain of it. And of course, I, I, there are people who said you can't be certain of anything. So fine, so if you can't be certain of anything, why do we have privilege? Of course, we talk about we can't be certain of anything because of that psychological understanding that is also contained within our theology. That is inherited phenomenology, Descartes. I think, therefore, I am. A recognition of of what can you know? But of course, psychology deals with the mind. Theology goes beyond the mind to dealing with the spirit. But of course, Descartes talk about this dualism, the mind and the body. The mind and the body experience. But where does the spirit, and of course, then we get into a heavy debate within Christendom as it relates to the, the, the spirit of the spirit the spirit of the human, which brings about the balance and so on and so forth. But, um, but we can, we're going to talk more about that some more. But we talk, so the institution, you are at Caribbean Theology. You're being, I mean, you're at Caribbean Theology. We're being at, at Jamaica Theological Seminary. A seminary that is was started by the Missionary Church in Jamaica. So, of course, let us, so... What so of course so we have to also study the missionary church in Jamaica, the missionary church in Jamaica, their theology. Help informs, okay, is will also influence their mission. Part of their mission is Jamaica Theological Seminary. Jamaica Theological Seminary, of course, will then will then have as its outlook a kind of theological training that almost mirrors and represents and promotes a, a, a missionary church kind of understanding of theology. And then if you go to UTCWI, the theology might be a little bit different. Of course, you are going to get a course in Afro-Caribbean Afro spirituality if you go to UTCWI, most definitely, okay? But some Bible schools don't have that. But, but Afro-Caribbean, this Afro-Caribbean spirituality is part of the experience. And so we ask, why is it that any, why is it that the Afro-Caribbean spirituality is not part of the Caribbean experience? So 
I'm happy I asked that question and Howard responded. So I'm going to change the course a little bit. I mean, I think, no, actually, I don't have to change it because if you look at the syllabus, we are going to deal with Afro-Caribbean spirituality. And part of the reading, I will give you a reading to do which delve into Afro-Caribbean spirituality. And then, okay, and then we will interact with that. I'm going to, before we wrap up this class today, I want to talk with you about, I think I had shared a paper with some of the persons in my Caribbean thought class. But when you are submitting an interaction paper to me, this is what I want, okay? So as I talk to you now, Howard, about your definition of the, def the, the, the assignment I'm asking you to do, it's not a quick assignment, it's not easy. Then you start to think deeply about the assignment, then you're going to say, wait, no, sir, I don't think I can do this assignment right away. Because it, 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 it's a, it's, it's reflect, it, uh, Socrates says the unexamined life is not worth living. But this examination that Socrates is talking about, it's not surface level. This examination, okay, is a deep metaphysical reflection that speaks to epistemological truth. And within this class, coming out of our Caribbean theology and faith experience with the ultimate, And in a sense, the our doc, you know, in a sense, we continue to we continue to practice a kind of slavery that prevents us from going outside of school of thought or a or a or a or a doctrine or 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 an institutional or, or institutions. Now, now we get to in the institutionalization of our of our theology. Because I talk about the key themes in theory. When you look at perspective within Caribbean theology, we talk about contextualization, liberation theology, Afro-Caribbean spirituality. But just as we in Caribbean thought, we talk about, we, we've talk, we visit Michel Foucault. Michel Foucault that talks about post-modernism. Post that was, but as a critical thinker that was like Kant and so skeptical of institution because institutions helps to preserve social control and social power on the establishment. And it's institution then how institution, you know, we talk about liberation theology was, 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 was seen as anti-establishment. Liberation theology was seen as anti-institution. Liberation theology challenged the status quo, challenged the establishment, challenged institutions, because it's about freedom and liberation of self and understanding. Because it's difficult. How can you have liberation? And that's why some some people something some people could not you could not have a liberation theology and still practice a kind of European theology or Christianity. So some people which will have led to what the Bob Marley religion or Rastafarianism and so on. Or some African religion that we have in the Caribbean today. But outside of that, we talk about institutions and how institutions exist to control and how institutions help to direct theology, our theology. So when we so part of helping to part of the the challenge of grappling with our our own our Caribbean theology, which is part of revisiting history and deconstructing deconstructing philosophy and critiquing history, 
which is part of revisiting of our theology, the exercise of this new critical exercise, is to also, sometimes it is difficult to do. And, you know, I was, I used to, I used to go to the Jamaica Evangelistic Center at, at an evangelical church. My father was a pastor as evangelical. And even today we still, there's still this evangelical experience. And they would, and some people would look down if you go to any Bible school outside of that particular denomination's Bible school, the institution's Bible school. When you come back, you, you, you have to go through hoops still or you're looked down upon. This, if your theology, you, you, your, your, your theology is not well accepted if you are, if you are part of a particular faith experience and you get a theological education outside of that particular denomination, you are, you are seen, you're either seen, you're either revered in, one, in some context and in other contexts, you're looked upon as being suspicious. Just how if you live in, in, in the Caribbean and then you move and go be outside of the Caribbean and come back, then you are seen as, in terms of your understanding of theology, is seen as being corrupted and tainted. If, okay, because of the, and we talk about, it's all about preserving our culture. And we talk about the problem of a general will. We talk about, I mean, some people are, some, you know, whether or not institutions are good, but at the same time, and at the same time, does it hold people hostage? And of course, it runs, it clashes with this liberation theology. But how, if, for the, if you know, if, if I were to ask one group of people to come up with a, an understanding of theology, Caribbean theology, and okay, and then go to another group within the same denomination, it probably might look the same. But outside of that, Caribbean theology recognizes and incorporates the rich spiritual traditions of the Afro-Caribbean population including elements of African religions, Christianity, and other practices. It acknowledges the spiritual resilience and creative expressions of faith within the Caribbean context. And finally, well, it's, this is not finally. Fourthly, our Caribbean theology must speak, must speak to identity and cultural reclamation. And we talk about this, identity and cultural reclamation. Caribbean theology encourages the affirmation and reclamation of Caribbean cultural identity. It recognizes the importance of valuing and preserving Caribbean traditions, languages, music, and art as integral aspects of Caribbean spirituality. Identity. And, right, and yesterday I had the, um, the Urban Indian Heritage Society talk about the issue of identity. And I think Oh, at 8.30 tonight, I will, I'm ending the class at 8.30 tonight because I want you guys to watch the premiere of the, um, of the video that I'm premiering on our YouTube feed, um, looking at the issue of heritage um, and, and the issue of identity. And we talk about the importance of preserving identity. We talk about the Jews and the important and how important it was for them to preserve their identity with how their theology also focuses on that. The Jewish theology focuses on that. 
1947 or 48, they were able to become a nation again. So we're talking about part of Caribbean theology does that, to preserve that. Fifth, Caribbean theology recognizes community and communal ethics. Community and communal ethics, that's important because we talk about ethics and value and morals. Of course, there are universal principles of life that when you go in every society, every society uphold that. It stands to reason. Say, for example, the value of life is that's the right to all human beings and all life. That's life. And any behavior, any behavior that is analogous to that questions the ethics of or the rationality of any individual. But of course, there are those who, be, who would go to the lens to say that anybody who don't subscribe to a particular religious ideology, then our religion says that we must sentence you to death. You must die. Of course. <laughs> but I don't know. That's not our theology. Our theology Caribbean theology is a theology of community. And we talk about earlier, when we talk earlier, we talk about our theology of, we say, what does Juneteenth have to do with Haiti? We're not talking about Juneteenth because Juneteenth, what Juneteenth have to do with Juneteenth have to do with emancipation and independence and freedom of a people within the Americas, within that was part of the new world. And we, all of us, uh, with, and uh, you know, when, P, and I said, because, because of a lack of knowledge, people perish. And when people are exposed to, to the truth, when you are become more aware, and that's why sometimes people have a problem with your awareness becoming it. People don't want you to know too much. They don't want you to become aware, too aware, you know? I used to have a, I used to be the chief planner at a, at, a, at a company, at a logistics firm in New York. And I used to have a staff and my, and I would tell my, I had a secretary um, and I would tell my secretary, I, I, I would take, I would take him home sometimes, drive him home on the way home. And I would, we were, we would talk a lot and we would, and I, I would say to him, when, when, don't tell, don't, don't share, don't let people know what you know. Too much. Don't share too much. Don't reveal too much to people. Don't reveal too much to, to, to the people at work, to those who come before you or behind you or your assistant and so on. Because when a company, when a company know, when a company, when companies know that or have other people in the department that can do what you can do, then your job is at risk. <laughs> your position is at risk. So you don't want that. So, I don't want to tell my, 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 my assistants and my deputies too much. Because if I tell them too much, then, then my job becomes more of risk. Then I, I am replaceable. <laughs> I am replaceable. <laughs> that, that is a strategy that, it, that you think that strategy is not known by. That's a, that is a strategy of power. So, sir, a question. Yes. Would that be, as I'm looking at it from a, a different perspective? Yes. Yes. 
you know, them, 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 you allowing them to know um, more gives you more marketability. Gives no, but you I more. don't want no. I don't want them to know more. I don't. I don't want them to know. I just let. I just allow them to know just enough, but no more. Okay, because if they know everything that I know, then I become replaceable. So if I am the chief planner, the, the logistics man who know how to operate the entire system, okay, and they know just about enough, but then my job is protected. I can't be replaced that quickly because if I am terminated right now, then who will, play, who will, do, what, who will do what I am doing? It will take them a long time money and it would have difficult a new system but if okay but if i were to tell but you understand the point i'm making no i understand no sir i'm <laughs> yes. just understanding yeah I mean, man, and, and, yeah yes. if, if there's something that you do that a lot of persons are not privileged to the, the know-how or the information to do it once you become, once you once you you, you you give that information and they now become aware, then you're easily replaced. Precisely, and it's right. not just the and it's not just a, a a matter of your replaceability, but now your your authority, your authority is challenged, and not just your authority. Okay. You're, now you can't claim divinity. Yes, you can't claim that. You can't. <clears throat> you can't claim divinity now because now you realize that. Oh, they. I mean, you, they're not the monarchs. Aren't the monarchs aren't that special? We are all special when you start to read the scriptures. So I said to you. So the, say for example, the that is why people. That is why, say for example. The slaves, they were the slaves in slavery. It was illegal. It was a sin. It was, it was a detriment to teach them slaves how to read and write. You don't want them to know how to read and write because you don't want them to challenge your position. You don't want them to, to challenge your authority. Say, for example, the scriptures was was not to translate. I said to the last class to translate the Bible into the language of the common man was a heinous crime. You people had to go through hoops to, to convert the Bible first from Latin, I mean, to, to, to Latin, then to, um, to French first, then to English. It, to ref, the Reformation and the, ref, the Renaissance and the Reformation period or, and then leading to Latin was a difficult time. As they were, I mean, the, I talk about serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges by making popular what was the monopoly. Making popular what we talk about monopoly. Once the, the ability to monopolize the narrative, to control the narrative, to monopolize or to control information. Part of, con, part of power is to control. And you even in terms of institutions exist to control and the way how we categorize people and redefine people and okay and institutionalize people. And I said to you just now, in terms of when you're getting an, an academic institution 
and if you're part of certain faith experience, it is a problem because now you are challenging. You're, you're going to know too much. That's part of the strategy of, of the 20th century as well. Part of, part, you know, part, in fact, if you were to study in some black experience, I, you, black, in, I was listening to Eddie Griffin, a comedian in the US, and he was doing a comedy show. And he said, you want to, you want to scare, you want to scare a, 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 black, a black person? He used the NI, the, the well, you, okay, in Jamaica, there's not a sin to say nigger in Jamaica. So I'm going to say it, it, say it. You want to scare a, a nigger? He said, you want to scare a nigger? You just take, take them a book, give them a book and they run. Black, okay, and when I was going to school in Jamaica, at Bridgeport High School, I was, an, I was, I was seen as a nerd. They call you a nerd and they call you all kinds of names if you are educated or if you read a lot and if you study and to, in certain communities, certain experiences, even within our own experience, we, we look down on, on education and academic. But the point I'm here making, the issue of control and, the, and, and monopoly, monopolizing information and the and I say to you, the way people go through hoops to control information, even talk about, even now we talk about the regular social media. In what I said to in, in the book I'm writing, I said social media is the greatest victory for social movements in the world. Social media. Because it decentralizes information, it decentralizes information, it disperses information. Information is not now hoarded or controlled by only one person. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break. But this is important that we think about um, the, the whole thing about community. We talk about, com so part of com community is good, but, but at the same time, it may devolve into a general will to, it, it may de devolve into control, okay? Away from that same liberation theology. But anyways, so I'm gonna wrap two minutes. Caribbean and, um, hold on a second, somebody needs a code from me. But community and, but it must speak to community and, community and commun communal ethics. Caribbean theology emphasizes the communal nature of Caribbean society and promotes a sense of community, but not to its detriment. And I'm gonna add that not to its detriment. It promotes a sense of solidarity. It promotes a sense of solidarity and collective responsibility, collective. So collectively, we have a responsibility to, um, Collectively, we have a responsibility to fight for our brothers and our sisters in Haiti. It calls for a reorientation towards, towards social and economic practices that prioritize the well-being of the entire community. It is important to know that Caribbean theology is a diverse and evolving field 
with different theologians contributing their unique perspective. And the works of Caribbean theologians such as Lewin Williams and Garnet Rupert in the outset, we'll provide specific insights into our understanding of Caribbean theology within the context of Jamaica and the Caribbean. Okay, um, sorry, I'm getting a text on my phone, so I am, so I am, I'm not understanding what's happening. Um, but but those are the, those five key themes. When you as you think about your, when we are finished with Caribbean theology, when we're finished with this course, I am hoping that you can, you will write a, a, an in-depth essay. Speaking to the to 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 Caribbean theology as a new scholar as new theologians of the 21st century, as we go into the 21st century, understanding that we are invention, going into the 21st century with certain, um, with certain assumptions that we have, assumptions that is inherited from our colonial, ex colonial experience, which has not left us with help to shape our theology. One of the questions, say for example, the practical working of a theology may come to the may speak to the issue of our stance on certain things, our stance on period poverty. How have our stance? How, how has our theology affected our, our actions and our inaction on matters such as social justice, on matters such as period poverty? in terms of the masculinity of our religion, which pertains and how that continues to shape. I mean, how does that speak to that? How does it speak to the issue of our inclusivity? How does it speak to the issue of diversity? Because liberation theology and Pan-Africanism and all that and post-colonialism speaks to diversity and the fight for and all of that. How can we, just as though at the outset in the 1980s and so on, people were, talk, people were talking about whether or not we can integrate Christianity with psychology. Can we integrate Caribbean theology with diversity? inclusion, and the challenges of the 21st century. Issues such as the Me Too movement, issues such as abortion. Of course, one of the things we're going to talk about is abortion. And there's been a lot of debate on abortion. If you look at the Jamaica Gleaner, they was talking about abortion. If you talk about, and if I were to ask you, what is Jamaica's position on casino gambling? They will give you a theological, the, 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 Jamaica, the policy that Jamaica has adopted and many Caribbean countries have adopted on casino gambling. And the policy that many Caribbean countries have adopted 
on 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 um abortion and the policy that Jamaica has adopted in terms of on issues of 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 sex and the policies that we have all of those policies where does it it, it comes from and it it come it is informed from a theological understanding. Of course, then there's a talk about the, the separation between church and state. But of course, the Caribbean experience can is not devoid from church. But then if it is oh in the U.S. there's a separation of church and state. But you know there it's actually they say that there's a separation between church and state. But really there's no separation between church and state because church is still very important. If you're running for president, if you appeal to anything other than being than being a part of a church, having a church part of the orthodox church experience then you can't run for president or oh, that's a problem okay if you if you say you're a muslim that okay it will get you into trouble i don't know if you can run okay but anyways outside of that the what speak the okay so oh so the theology the caribbean theology is is much a part of caribbean thought as our caribbean thought and the caribbean theology sir Mm-hmm. Question. Can we talk about Caribbean theology and liberation theology without including Europe, European thought? Because in my head, the Caribbean is this amalgamation of all these different groups with different thoughts and different views. So is Caribbean theology Black theology? Or is it African theology? Or is it more of Black, White, Chinese, Indian? Because where we are as the Caribbean, even Jamaica, we have our motto, out of many, one people. So can we have Caribbean and liberation theology without the inclusion of Europe ideology, uh, Indian ideology, Chinese ideology, and all the various groups that are having their own experience, are having this Caribbean experience? That's one question. Um, well, earlier I said to you earlier that you, we thought we profess out of many one people, um, but yet what is dominant within Caribbean theology? We talk about the dominant as against the periphery. Talk about influence, but what is, but what is the, but we are, but the, what is the dominant? There is still a person. I am, I am. My argument and my assumption, my argument, and based on observation and study, is that Caribbean theology is heavily influenced by its European experiences, not necessarily its, its Caribbean. Of course, the people are predominant. If you. Even today, there, we are challenging 
Jamaican heritage or Caribbean people heritage as not only African, but also there is also native or Indian heritage. Uh, some we are, we are saying that there is a connection with the with uh, the native people here in 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 on the island in the island of the Caribbean. But yet still that has been lost because of the strategy to to divide and conquer the strategy of the strategy of the Europeans they, to, to, to wipe out any trace of the original and to bring a new set of people with a new with a new mind, wipe them as well, wipe their minds and to recreate them as something new and to recreate the Caribbean, recreate the Caribbean into what we have today. But yet still the peoples that occupy the place and the space in the Caribbean. Yes, we say that they are comprised of a mixture and they're ex but the experience, but the African experience, you haven't even done African theology or Afro, Afro, Afrocentric. There, or that's it to you, is there, uh, or, or anything that is unique to the Caribbean in terms of our theological experience. That is not seen as part uh, as normative. That is not that's not welcomed. Even today, Rastas are seen as still part of the fringes. Rastafari religion is still seen as not is still not as welcomed by many Caribbean because so when you study Caribbean experience. You said, yes, we've had European influence, but that was always the case to remake Caribbean as small European countries, okay? That has been achieved in a sense with a little bit of flavor from, but yet still that African flavor is still not necessarily celebrated, especially when it comes down to our theology. And that which come from Caribbean experience. So that which come from Caribbean experience today is still is still seen as secondary to carry. It's not it's seen as part of the fringes. It's not it's not taken seriously. So the so yes, that has helped to influence Caribbean and the people, but the people in the Caribbean majority of them are not necessarily European. They have of course there's some mix and match with European, but they're the predominant. Their African descent, their African ancestry, the, the African experience, part of that theology, part of that faith, that part of that has been corrupted as being insignificant, primitive, and irrelevant. Now, as you talk about liberation theology, liberation theology was fighting for is part of the independence movement. That was part of Caribbean experience. We were fighting for independence. It means we were opposing the status quo of all things that was European to create our own experience, own politics, own nation, with our own religion, own tongue. So yes, so that means that there will be, so that means there'll be a pushback against not only just in terms of the government and, but also the ideology and their philosophies. But that has not been told, but the independence that we received has not, was, was gifted to us through ceremonies for the most part, except Cuba and Guyana. Sorry, Cuba and um, Trinidad and, and Tobago. But yet, still, there's still that European influence in these European influence. So, liberation theology can we? Is that part of that 
can we is can can there be a marriage between Caribbean theology and liberation theology today into the 21st century? I mean, the 21st century, what you have that on the Caribbean, what is shaped the Caribbean today is being penetrated by television, social media, as, as the Caribbean become much more sophisticated in terms of its communication, access to technology as well. I mean, it, the, the proliferation of, of its transformation into as a tectonic center, the Caribbean. It's slow, but it's becoming, but it's proliferating over the last couple of years. Um, so that has also have affected our theology. So to answer your question, yes. So that's to answer the question, um, the liberate, whether or not liberation theology can, is there a match between Caribbean? That is what, well, I mean, Bob Marley talked about emancipate yourself from mental slavery. A slave, okay. So in a sense, we have inherited a kind of European culture and a kind of European theology. And, and yes, and we, although we are dynamic and mixed, there is still a level of discrimination towards that, the, our Africanness or anything that is original to us. Now, so, and I will pause here for now. Um, I will pause here for now. And then what we will do is, so those, that was important. That was what we did last week as we, as we contend for a definition and an understanding of a Caribbean that is an invention which has to reinvent itself and a, a Caribbean that has been penetrated. And we look at the issue of penetration, the issue of penetration. Who is doing the who is doing the penetrating? Who is doing who is doing the penetrating and who is the and who is receiving the penetration? Yes, and that's an important issue of power, an important trope of power. Okay, the issue of penetration, and then you and so when you start to look at the Caribbean and its position within this penetration, the penetrate. Okay, Caribbean being Caribbean and its openness, Caribbean and its vulnerabilities. Not, not just in terms of its economics, but in terms of its ideologies, its philosophies and theologies, okay? The headquarters of theological centers are where? In the US or in Europe. So we talk about, um, so can the, can the Caribbean have, in, what we talk about Caribbean autonomy and independence, yet there is still some kind of, there is still deep connections and, and acknowledgement to an authority that is outside of the Caribbean. So we so so how does our our theology speak to that? But it also speaks to competitive advantages, competitive advantages, because we have a theology that has been inherited from the other, from from the dominant from a former dominant class, from okay, which many of these countries and former masters have moved on. They have. Their, the theolo their theologies have evolved, have been transformed, okay? Or they have a theology that is loose, that allows them to, to operate 
to, to have a particular kind of economics that allows them to do things that puts them at a competitive advantage than their former than their former colonies who are now free and independent, who are still holding on to the legacies that they have left them, which, which informs their practice of economics, which will keep them competitively at a dis competitively at a um, at a at a disadvantage. So even we talk about theology and we talk about our theology must speak to the place of the place, the place and the position, the black position in the world, the Caribbean position in the world. Could it also stem from a kind of theology that we have? Because when you look at capitalist society, when you study capitalist societies, and when you start to study Adam Smith, Adam Smith talks about production the accumulation of capital coming from hard work. Capitalism and the wealth of nations. And then Max Weber, Max Weber wasn't really a, the Max Weber wasn't a theologian. Okay, Max Weber. Was not he was an economist or social or or a, a social who wrote about social political issues, but here is it using theology to inform his economics, because when you read Max Weber, Max Weber talks about a, a, he talks about he presents to you a theological understanding of the economics of Western civilization saying that the kind of capitalism was one that was protestant, that was informed by the protestant faith or by Calvinism or, or, or Armenianism or protestant theology of working hard leading on to salvation. But what was unique about this understanding is that Western societies never really followed a Protestant ideology. This is, the this is the critical part of my theory. It never followed no Protestant. I mean, not, not everybody was, it was Protestant probably in its understanding of all things, but everybody never worked hard. Some people work hard, but, the, but I mean, the majority work hard, but the dominant class, a few people read the benefits. So the so what was so the the idea the idea that was taught was that everybody work hard, but no, but there are some people work hard based on the class that you're in, and the way okay, and the way in which society is constructed. According to uh, Stanley J. Grenz and Roger E. Olson in Twentieth Century Theology. God and the world in a transitional age. He says that at its best, Christian theology has always sought a balance between the twin biblical truths of the divine transcendence 
and the divine immanence. Again, the balance, a balance. So Caribbean, does, so when we talk about that Christian theology, a balance between the twin biblical truth of what? The divine transcendence, the transcendence, a, 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 a God that is beyond us, but a God that is with us, the closeness of God. A liberation theology was really promoted and revolutionized how we, this, 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 this balance of immanence versus transcendence as it relates to the immanence of God, the closeness of God. In fact, to the point where they bringing down God, seeing God, you know, bringing down God to the human. On the one hand, God relates to the world as the transcendent God. That is, God is self-sufficient apart from the world. God is above the universe and comes to the world from beyond. As the Hebrew scriptures so forcibly declare, God dwells in the heaven. God is in heaven and you are on earth. In Ecclesiastes 5.2, and the seer reports seeing the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted in Isaiah 6 verse 1. However, God also relates to the world as the imminent one. The, this means that God is present to creation. The divine one is active, is active within the, and this is the, the liberation part of that, of that theology. The div, of, okay, and sometimes to, to it, 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 it embraces that more than anything else. The divine one is active within the universe, involved with the processes of the world and of human history. And Paul emphasized this truth in his well-known speech on the Athenians in the meeting of the, of course, in the meetings of the um, Areopagus. He said, God is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. In Acts 17, 27, 28. God is not far, for in him we live and move. For in him we live and move. The, the related theme of God's spirit, presence. The related theme of God's spirit, which is present as the sustainer of creation, is repeatedly sounded in the Old Testament, especially in the wisdom literature, such as in Job and so on. And Jesus himself created the natural processes such as sunshine and rain, the feeding of the birds and the beauty of the flowers to the agency of his father, which speaks to give the social action, the active, the imminent part of God. Imminent part of God. So that's part of the understanding of Caribbean theology. Caribbean theology is a marriage and, and, and put into clear view this balance between the transcendence and the imminence of God, especially within Christian theology. especially within Christian theology. And so um, I will, so what I will do now is um, I'm gonna take a break. I will take a quick break. Let me see who we have. Oh, Karen is in the class. Karen, you are here. 
Welcome. We'll we will take a break. Well, sir, I was I asked, I even asked you a question earlier. I was talking to you earlier. I don't know if you didn't recognize. Well, oh, was it you? Uh, I mixed you guys up. Kevin, you guys sound alike. I was speaking first, and then Howard was asking you some questions after. And Howard, come take over. Howard, come take over. Wait, take over. Howard, wait, take over for man. What's up, guys? We're taking a break now. All right, we will All take right. a break. Five minutes. Okay. okay By the way, sir. go to the YouTube channel and let us watch. I want us to watch that YouTube channel. Um, Chantel, send them the link. Um, um, send them the link for that. Uh, can you guys, I want you guys to watch that, um, the premiere of that video. You can go back and watch it from the beginning, but it's premiering right now. Um, Urban Indian Heritage Society is talking about heritage. And I believe that, um, I think that was a very important lecture. It's Caribbean thought, but um, and they're doing Caribbean theology, but I think that you might want to know about um, them talking about connections that we have. Uh, premiering at 8.30. Thank you. We'll take a break now. Yeah, we take a break and we come back at nine o'clock. Um, please log on to the um, to the YouTube channel and start watching that if you don't mind. Um, it's Chantel, uh, okay. And um, nine o'clock? Huh? You said come back at nine o'clock? Sorry. I mean, come back at eight, your time, nine o'clock, my time. I'm oh. in the US. Oh, Sorry okay. about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the US. Yeah, okay. man. And when we come back, we will recap what we did last week because we made some very important points last week. And then Wednesday, we will you will we will discuss your definitions of Caribbean theology. You will do all the talking on Wednesday. I will not talk. Thursday, and I want you guys also to um to also use your sources. Go to your pastor, go to your mom and your dad, <laughs> your grandparents. Um, go to look in your go through your doctrinal books at church, and so on. And then when you are done, I want you to formulate a definition of Caribbean theology based on all what we have said and all your and based and so on. I want it to be two pages. It's going to be an interaction paper. Before this class end, I will share with you a document about what I want in, on an interaction paper. Okay. And um, this course is not a difficult course. We're working together. We call it a session. Okay. We call it a session. So, um, so we just we just cool and chill with it. <laughs> but we're going to learn a lot. Okay. All right. Okay. Not too much expectations. Yes. There's a lot of it, but a lot, not too much. You guys will pass the course and we will work together. And but I want you guys, to, when we're done, I want to be able to publish your work in an academic journal. <laughs> okay. But let's begin. I want you to utilize the sources because what I want to do is I want to respect your sources. Not just okay, but I want you to compare your sources, the external with the internal. I want it to be ethnographic come from your experience, but from outside of that and interact with them, okay? So your doctrinal books at church, and of course your grandparents and your community, and, um, and um, what else did I said, and of course, and including those perspectives. But um, so uh, access the video, watch that guys, we come back at eight o'clock and we wrap up the class, all right? A recording from the, from the Caribbean thought class yesterday, 
we had uh, we had some guest presenters from the Urban Indian Heritage Society presenting their case, presenting their new research, presenting their um, concerning um, Jamaican lineage and, and um, the misclassification of urban Indians and the lumping and of Caribbean of some urban people and West Indian people in this African heritage without paying any homage or um, to their um, to that to the to the local to the to their native to their any connections to the Taino people, which now we have to reconsider that, especially within critical thinking and when we deconstruct philosophy, deconstruct philosophy and critique history um, as part of that new thrust to revisit history, a history that has been corrupted and by by a particular kind of interpretation that is contained within the dominant. But now we are subaltern people. And I will get to that in a little bit. But there are two things I want to get to before we wrap up class. You will be asked to do weekly interaction paper starting this week. I want you to submit an interaction paper starting this week, especially based on the assignment I presented you. I'm using, and when you at, present a reference list for your interaction paper, just so you know, I want to know who you are quoting, who you're, what sources you're using in your, in your interaction. What sources are you using? Um, and also, I want to see not just sources that you read, but I want to see sources that you've interacted with. I, for this course, and based on the nature of this course, we are not going to commit the same crime as other people. This course embraces Caribbean thinking as part of the that those things that are in the periphery, we bring them front and center. We bring our families to bear front and center and their own experiences and what they have to say. If you listen to American Indian heritage talking about um, the whole issue of doing your own history, doing your own genealogical studies, reclaiming your own heritage, because validation is also part of restitution and reclaiming. Reclaiming is part of the job of Caribbean theology. So I said to you, not only, right, yes, read the Stanley Grants, yes. Um, read Transforming Missions if you want. Transforming Missions, I think, who, who was Transforming Missions? It was uh, David Bosch, Paradigm Shifts in Theology of Missions. Because when you start to think about Caribbean theology, the issue of missions will come to bear. And um, he wrote this book in 19, I think, when was it? 1992. Um, and it was quite interesting. It was part of a series. And, um, and what was quite powerful, he said that um, in the introduction, he said, um, entitled Mission, the Contemporary Crisis Between Danger and Opportunity, between danger and opportunity. Since the 1950s, of course, we talk about, when you look at the coming to be of the Caribbean and the coming of the African deep, but we live in a, in a world that, and an, and an, an, ascent, an ethnocentric world. And part of whole slavery, part of Christian missions, you may ask. And part, and because Columbus and the Spanish and Europeans, they were coming also to, to Christianize, to Christianize a people. In other words, no recognition of the people's own experience had been normative and valuable because we live, because the Europeans had a religion that was better than others. Europeans were better than anybody else in the world. That's, that's privilege, okay? 
your pains were better, their religion were better, their tongue and everything was better. And if you had something that was good, it becomes part of theirs and reworked into theirs. Not okay, but to the issue of mission, to talk about the Caribbean being an invention in terms of not just our economics and part of our culture with a hybrid mix of different cultures mashed up together, wherein part of that mix is looked down upon as being secondary to the other part of the mix. Whatever the case might be, Caribbean theology must, cannot separate itself from this mission because part of Christopher Columbus was, was that part of the work of Christopher Columbus of his vocation was that that of a missionary, part of the European voyager, part of the European navigator and explorer was or not just to find gold, but you notice the marriage between the gold and the religion there, you can't dismiss the two, but they were coming to spread religion. They were coming to Christianize. They were going, they were going to advance Christian. It was part of Christian missions. And to the issue of missions, Even when we talk about liberation theology and the issue of mission and the issue of danger and opportunity, according to uh, David Mark, Bosch, Bosch spelled B-O-S-C-H, David J. Bosch in the book, Transforming Mission, Paradigm Shift in Theology of Mission. He said, since the 1950s, there has been a remarkable escalation in the use of word, in the use of the word mission among Christians. This went hand in hand with a significant broadening of the concept, at least in certain circles, until the 1950s. Mission, even if not used in a univocal sense, had a fairly circumscribed set of meanings. It referred to one, the sending of missions to a designated territory. Two, the activities undertaken by such missionaries. Three, the geographical areas where, where the missionaries were active, such as in Jamaica, the, the Caribbean, the fourth, the agency which dispatched the missionaries, the agencies, the agencies, talk about the missionary church in Jamaica, the evangelical church in the New Testament church, talk about the different denominational movements in Jamaica, and the missionary work that each of these church, these groups do. Okay, as well as helped to create the dynamic mix of denominationalism or denominational theology. But, but with the agency, which the agency or the institution which dispatched the, miss, the missionaries, fixed the non Christian world or mission field, also the center from which the missionaries operated on the mission field. And in a slightly different context, it could also refer to one, a local congregation without a resident minister, a series of special services, blah, 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 so on and so forth. All these connotations attached to the word mission. Oh, and oh, other stuff. Okay, sorry, sorry, there's more. If we attempt a more specifically theological synopsis of mission within theology from a Caribbean perspective, skeptical perspective, as the concept has traditionally been used. 
theological synopsis of mission as a concept that has traditionally been used. We know that it has been paraphrased as propagation of the faith, propagation, notice the word propagation, the expansion of the reign of God, expansion of the reign of God. That means an acknowledgement that God is not reigning everywhere. The glory of God, we talk about the glory of God or the reign of God. As if God's reign is, so in other words, so the missionary brings the bring as if God does God. We say that God is omniscient. We say that God is omnipotent. We say that God God is omnipresent in our theology of the ultimate the theology of God. If, if this okay, God is than that which nothing greater can be conceived or imagined. God is than that which nothing greater can be conceived or imagined. He is okay. That's a recognition of the the immutability of God or the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God. All of those come to bear when you think about God. When we talk about when we talk about Caribbean theology and the Caribbean being an invention and Christopher Columbus and his missionary work coming to the Caribbean to Christianize the natives, okay, who were said to be primitive. And, okay, so he was bringing, he was bringing, he was evangelizing to bring, to bring, to usher in the reign of God to the Caribbean. But God, but yet God is said to be omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. So, 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 if God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, then is could would we and is there room for our Christ in in terms of a mission, uh, a theology, uh, a Judeo-Christian mission um, theology of missions that included an understanding of a God or of an that goes beyond that exists beyond the reign and the reality of the Europeans. So that can we believe that, that there was the experience of God. But mission, the idea of mission is a recognition that, but now, you know, we, over time, missions have mission. The missionary is changing. The mission is no longer proselytizing. The missionary is now informing is informing, but expanding, expansion of the reign of God, conversion of the conversion of the heathen. So we said that oh, to the heathen, the idea of the heathen. The African was said to be a heathen. The slave was said to be a heathen. The, um, the natives were said to be heathens, but the Europeans were not. The founding of new churches. So the church. We talk about the church, even the church also, the church in terms of its identity. The church has an identity. This, where does the identity of church come from? It comes from a theology. Now, please remember we talk about the church. The church was what the church developed a Roman identity the first 100 years. When you studied the first 100 years of Christianity, if you study church history, which is part of Christian theology, 
and Caribbean theology. The church played a very significant role, the community of the, of the, of the brethren. And how we practice, the church is one, church is a community. The, when you talk about church, church is, is the, the ecclesia within Christianity. It's the idea, the concept and the idea of church is the concept of theological concept of the ecclesia, the called out, the co called out ecclesia. And so, the, so, so they're called out and that, and that calling is not just a calling out, but it's a, a particular, a, group, a particular people with a particular practice. So the church is, the church is the outworking and is it a practice of that theological understanding of the experience we have with God. So, but the, the natives of the Caribbean there before the, the 1600s there or the, before the coming of the, of, 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 of Christopher Columbus, As a missionary, could we talk about Christopher Columbus as a missionary? Because his work was twofold. He came, he was a missionary, but he was a discoverer and an explorer. So Christopher, so we talk about when you talk the, the, the idea, talk about mission at the contemporary crisis of mission. That's it. Talk about the contemporary, that's the contemporary, especially since the 1950s, there has been a remarkable escalation in the use of the word mission among Christians. In fact, when we talk about the word mission, there was one time the word mission replaced the word crusades because mission was seen to be less because when, because first crusades, we talk about crusades. When you think of when you do when you study church history, the crusade was one period in history where the church um when the church their evangelism and their evangelism and their mission was was seen as a more was seen as violent a violent attack against other societies and faiths, the Muslim faith, in a sense. And even to today, you find that the antagonism, the tension between Muslims and certain religions today, or the Catholic faith and other, stems from a period in a violent period in history, so that even the word crusades represents something what, what was violent. And so now the word mission, so the, the, the use of the word mission, but, but the use of the word mission does not take away from one, the conversion of the conversion of heathen and the idea of who is seen as heathen and who is not seen as heathen. And of course, the found, there were no churches, so the founding of churches and what that means. Now, so of course, that's one of the words that you will have to contend with, the issue of mission. And um, we won't spend, I won't spend time looking at transforming missions, but for this course, one of the things that, so this course is, a, is part of critical thinking as well, it's part of post-colonialism, it's part of pan-Africanism, it's part of liberation, um, liberation thinking in a sense, but we are not promoting liberation theology in Caribbean theology. Because like Bob Marley, Bob Marley said we're not Bob Marley said we're not capitalists and we're not Marxists in the in the film Who's Got the Sheriff? We're not Marxists and we're not capitalists. That's what Bob Marley said. You know what he says? We are rascals. We're not looking for an economic way out. 
that is based on a political particular side. We're not looking for friends from, from the East or from the West. We try, okay, we're looking to our own selves. And that is why, okay, and so we look to one, so we look to a religion and a, and a faith and a theology, okay? We don't believe that any rescue comes from outside of us. The rescue comes from within us so that we can formulate a Christian mission that's better. So now that people talk about missions and missiology, you know, people are looking at missions, even with the rise of participant, participant sociology and anthropology, the way in which we practice theology and missions change even to the Caribbean and to the rest of the world where people are now thinking about sociology that dominated our, missi our missiology, okay, was a missiology that looked down upon, in the way, in the, even if you look at how um, missions have evolved today in the world, it has evolved because missions had a heavy-handed approach, okay, uh, an, an approach that does not recognize and re regard the other person. But of course, that comes from, and, and I said to you, the exceptionality of the faith. An exceptional faith comes from a society with people who exceptionalize their positions over others. Anyways, now let's begin. Let me just segue quickly into, um, and move on from that, Caribbean theology, lecture two. Writing weekly, you'll be required to submit weekly reflection or interaction papers. I say reflection. Now, when you do your interaction papers, when you do your interaction papers, um, let me just move this out of the way quickly. Let me now, this, I'm gonna, this particular presentation I'm gonna share with you deals with what I am expecting and, and not only that for this class, for any other class, wherever you are in life, as you think about how you interact with material. But I wrote this particular presentation as if I am writing an interaction paper about an interaction paper. So I am interacting with the subject of writing an interaction paper. So my interaction paper, so I am sharing with you how to write interaction papers, okay? Interaction papers. So this is writing weekly interaction, but I am going to present it to you as if I'm writing an interaction paper. So my interaction paper to you this week is a presentation on writing interaction paper. So I'm interacting with the subject. Now title, interaction paper. It could be another topic you're dealing with, Caribbean, Caribbean theology. Reflections on weekly material, whatever the case is. Abstract. This one page interaction paper or this interaction paper aims to reflect on the weekly material covered. So when you write an interaction paper, this interaction paper aims to reflect on the weekly material covered in a course, on whatever, whatever the subject is. Utilizing, of course, you won't say that, but utilizing APA style. American Psychological Association style of, of, of writing, double space. Each week, students are required, you'll be required, to include at least one source unless instructed otherwise by the lecturer. Say, for example, I'm telling you in this first interaction, in this paper that you're going to, you're working on now, it's an interaction paper to define Caribbean theology, but outside, but, but based on the discussion, the foregoing and the, the 
the, 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 the conversations we're having about the, the key themes and the challenge of Caribbean and the invention and so on. But I'm going to ask you, please check with your mom, check with your dad, include them in your, in your interaction on the subject. Check with, um, uh, 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 with your church and your doctrinal documents and so on, and your pastors and so on, so forth, your mentors and stuff, those people who have been very influential in your life, or where you, how you can trace and come to grips with your theology. But include a source. The primary objective of the assignment is to encourage critical thinking and engagement with the course material, fostering a deeper understanding of the subject matter through reflection. Students can explore questions, concerns, and personal insights gained from the material contributing to an active learning process, especially with the fact that we don't have a regular class. We only have three students in, our, in the program. Okay, so therefore the interaction paper is paramount. I will email this to you guys. Just, um, uh, just remind me to send this to the students. Um, now, introduction. So your interaction paper has an, an abstract, and then there is the introduction. The interaction paper serves as a platform for students to engage with the course material on a, on a weekly basis by providing an opportunity for reflection Students can delve into their thoughts, questions, and concerns regarding the content covered. Following APA Star guidelines, the paper there is to double spacing and incorporate at least one source per week unless otherwise stated. I'm repeating myself. But the body, so you don't have to have this. the but the abstract will have the just the the uh, the, the uh, a, a question or uh, then uh, okay, and then the introduction introduces the topic. The body one weekly material overview, provide a brief summary of the key concepts, theories, or ideas covered during the week. This section serves as a foundation for the subsequent reflection. And I'm going to ask you to read like Lewin Williams and Garnet Roper. Or I would have expected you to read Garnet Roper and Lewin Williams and, and probably, and you may have an understanding as to, um, because um, Garnet Roper had the definition of theology, which I love. It's beautiful, it's powerful. Um, and I think in this course outline, I asked you to read certain chapters and sections. Okay, so you can interact with them as well, but um, or use that to inform your definition. Um, this this section serves as a foundation for the subsequent reflection. Secondly, personal reflection. In this section, discuss your thoughts and reactions to the weekly material. Did it challenge any preconceived notions? Did it align with your prior knowledge? Elaborate on specific ideas or examples that stood out to you and explain why they are or why they were to be. Again, within the body, the first part could involve a week, a week, a weekly material overview, provide a, a brief summary of key concepts. Then the second part is personal reflection. Discuss your thoughts and reaction to the weekly material. The third one is questions and concerns. Address any questions or concerns that arose from the material. That what aspects were unclear or in, or in need of further clarification. Expressing these concerns, I, I will tell you, will help to deepen your understanding and encourages class discussion for further research. And this is very important. I'm going to send this to you so you can read and reflect on it and as you start to think about your weekly reflection paper. Okay. 
and sometimes the reflection and the reflection paper i may ask you a particular question to, to deal with or you may go off and handle, but still stick within the reflection reflecting on the concepts and the themes and anything that jumps out of you within the first two weeks or that particular but every week i need a reflection paper it could be something that you that just something that you create from what based on the theological concept raised or it could be based on something specific like within the first two weeks we are we are contending for a definition of Caribbean theology based on our conceptualizing of the course and the challenges and the problems, recognizing Caribbean as a place and a people and with opportunity, okay? With hybrid people, with mixture, okay? People of African descent with European blood, then now we're hearing of native ancestry. Where part of that ancestry has been negated if not negated, it has been it it devolved into the periphery or part of the taboo. Why? Anyways, expressing these concerns helps to do what to deepen your understanding. And finally, in this section, application and relevance. Reflect on the practical. This is very important. Reflect on the practical application and relevance of. Because you remember earlier when I was talking with you, I asked about how does this affect our theology? How does it affect policy decisions that Jamaica and the Caribbean make? In fact, and how does that extend to other issues such as our socioeconomic and competitive advantages? And you notice how I'm speaking to you as a theological student, but utilizing economic issues as well? Because as a student, that I am an interdisciplinarian, an interdisciplinary student, because the world is complex and dynamic. You notice how the practical outworkings, we're not limiting it, limiting it, but we're looking at society today and looking at what, looking at the black position. What's the black position? The black position of lack of backwardness, not black, no good, and so on and so forth. Yes? And our competitive advantages are affected by our theology. But anyways, that is my, but you may challenge that. What I say is not gospel. My job is to facilitate this course, but to develop a practical outworking of our theology. But of course we will do, there's a class I will do with you on African theology and spirituality, which is very important because now I understand that you have done systematic theology and the other theology, but you have not owned in on the African experience of that. And not only that, but nativist, theology so we will spend a whole week on that act on that so that now you can bring that to bear in your theology we will spend some time to do that and i will invite somebody from the african perspective to present and one from the now the indian perspective to present so so um not this in a week after next we will have a presenter that will spend we that will spend some time to journey with us okay to go deep within this particular aspect of, all, of, the, of the Caribbean experience. So that now you can have a more complete experience of that because we cannot, we're not gonna shun that in this class. And okay, now, so we said that application and relevant, reflect on the practical application and relevance of the weekly. And when you notice when I present and when I speak, there's a lot of practical, practicability. I'm always talking about our, the experience of Caribbean, the experiences of people, because 
I, because I'm a student, your professor is a, the person facilitating the course is a student of liberal arts and liberal studies. And what does liberal arts and liberal studies lift up, which is part of the humanities? It lifts up issues of ethics and human value. And this speaks to the issue of ethics and value. How we value things, the valuation of things. Our liberal arts and our liberal studies is informed at times by our theology. But how does it relate to real world scenarios or personal experiences? And sometimes it is the real world experiences and scenarios that clashes with our theology. Say, for example, the issue on abortion. The issue on abortion, we will, I want to know, how does your theology, well, as you interact with this, how does your theology speak to the issue of abortion? What are your views on abortion? In fact, I might ask you to do an interaction paper, or in fact, the, 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 the assignment that we're doing over the next two weeks, which is coming up, formulating uh, and, and uh, interacting with the, the study of Caribbean theology in, in contending for Caribbean theology that speaks to Caribbean experience, drawing all our experience, our personal experiences to bear, both that internal and external. But real world experiences speaks to, say for example, when, when you look at the Bible, and there's a part, if you look at the, 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 the the, the prayer of the Our Father, prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. But there's a part that in our, in our, our Father prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's a part that says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation. There's a part that says, but deliver us from evil. Now, there's a part that says, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There's, there are many people that they're finding manuscripts where that was added. And if you read history, European history, and the history of kings and so on, and of course, the King James Bible, we talk about it, it King James didn't write the Bible, but he influenced it. He even went as to adding part to it. For thine is the kingdom the power and glory forever. But there are times when people say, for example, say if we study Augustine, we will, we will revisit Augustine um, this week on Wednesday when we, when we look at the Iliad and Plato and the Phaedo and look at the, the foundations of knowledge. We will be on Wednesday, we will look at the foundations of knowledge and the hegemony of faith. And um, as we begin to train Caribbean theology, beginning with Western civilization, starting from Mesopotamia and, and looking at Homer in the Iliad and, the, and, 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 and Hesiod's Theogony, moving on to Augustine and Aristotle, Plato and Socratic literature, and how that has helped to develop the faith and our, our philosophy and how that philosophy informs our theology. But the issue of abortion is an issue we talk about. So if I ask you to do, so you could, you could use the issue of, we talk about developing a, 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 you could use a theology. How does your theology speak to abortion? Example, let's put it into perspective. Abortion. 
abortion is illegal because it is a sin to commit murder and abortion is tantamount to committing murder. Now there are those who say, no, that takes away from the rights of the woman. Okay. It takes away, but the Caribbean, from a, the Caribbean, what is the Caribbean perspective? What is the law in the Caribbean? Where does that law come from, you think? Um, is it a historical law? Who, what theology informs that law? That's that we're getting into deep stuff now. That, okay. What theology, or is it a theology that um, informs? Because now the issue, of course, our theology speaks to the issue on life. But does it speak to when life happens and how it happens? Or are we stretching our theology? So they are saying, okay, the Bible informs our theology, but the Bible is an amalgamation of human experiences um, from human nature within the varieties of human nature and circumstances, what's happening within the period and the period and so forth. But the issue of abortion, they said, oh, it speaks to the issue of human rights. But of course, within the within Christian, within the, our theology and the cabinet, it goes beyond part of human rights does not should not violate our our biblical and theological, our, our biblical directive as informed by our theological understanding, which is to preserve life. The ultimate is to preserve life. But of course, there are those now who are, who know there are those, yes, so that we, we believe in the preservation of life, but abortion is not taking life. So now they are, so some people have redefined when life happens in order that their theology, in order that their theology is not affected by this particular activity. So they, some people, so in a sense, the person, the practical, the practical is, so, but that is what you want to relate. So that is part of the relationship as you, when you start to think about your theology and, and relating it to the practical, it's not easily said than done. In, the, in, concluding, in conclusion, the interaction paper provides an avenue for students to actively engage with the course material through reflection. By incorporating APA style and adhering, and I notice I keep saying APA style because I say that because some people have been giving me reflection paper like as if they're writing a poster and notice. Yes, it's, but I want it to be double spaced. I want it to, if you read the post, reference it. If you have a conversation with Matt, John, you include Matt, John, today, a discussion with Matt, John, but I want to say, what did Matt, John say? And okay, when did he say it? Okay, but do you want to, I mean, we, it's kind of, it's, we want to hear what and when did he say it? Which day did he say it? You want to be able to reference that properly by incorporating APA style and adhering to double space the paper follows standard academic formatting. Each week, students are expected to include at least one source again, unless otherwise instructed by the lecturer. The paper's structure encompasses an overview of the weekly material, personal reflections, questions and concerns, and considerations of practical application. Practical application. So, Caribbean theology is, is, is part of the practical application of one's theology. But of course, but we, but we, will, we, but we will contend for an African 
theology and, 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 and spiritual movements. Through this process, students can enhance their comprehension, critical thinking skills, and contribute to a more interactive learning experience. I will stop here. There. So that is important. Now, um, we are going to wrap up the class here. We will end here. This is, this is where I, I'm going to end the class. But um, what I wanted to do, there, I wanted to reflect on what we did last week. I don't know if we have time. Class finishes at 10 o'clock. Um, I wanted to go over, but what I will do is, let me see, where is that document? Unpaid, what is it called? It's called Caribbean Dynamics of Discourse. Converse, conversational themes in a dialogic exchange. I will explain, I will begin by doing this on Wednesday then. I will review what we did because this is important. I called it the first lecture that we did, or the first discussion we did, it wasn't a lecture, I'm not gonna call it a lecture. I call it dynamics of discourse. So that's how you contend for Caribbean theology, through discourse, but the dynamics of it. So the dynamics of discourse, conversational themes, in a dialogic exchange. And so I wanted to recap Caribbean theology session one, and I entitled it Conversational Themes in a Dialogic. You can, you can go to Wikipedia and type in dialogic. But we, we, I don't have much time, so I won't explain dialogic, but contending for Caribbean theology. Through what? Dynamics of discourse, utilizing what? Conversational themes in a dialogic exchange especially because we're not doing a necessary a, a, a class per se. We will call this a dialogic. We will call it conversational themes in a dialogic. Lifting up important concepts and parameters that we must need in the post-Caribbean theology. So I wrote an academic article reporting, when I was at, when I was at University of Penn and at Georgetown doing my doctorate, one of the things that we did was each week, a student, a student is designated to interact, to write an interaction paper, summarizing the main themes and concepts of the exchanges and the discussions in the class, interacting with some of the papers and the theories that we did. Every week, each person had to do that. And it, okay, and in a sense, it was a dialogue. So I wrote what I did was to put it into practice. I found it quite unique and a great way for students to learn and to develop their and expand their thoughts. And each week, each student had to do that. So the first week I did it for you guys. And um, it's and I created an, and I have an abstract. Every time I write, I have an abstract. Abstracts are very important. And in the abstract, I introduce the topic because it's an abstract is like it's, 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 it's like a preface. So in the pre the, if you write, if you do, if you're writing a book, you have a preface. The preface could contain the abstract. And sometimes the abstract is short. My abstracts sometimes are long and complex, but I will tell you society is not complex. You have to unpack it. But the act, so I begin by saying this academic journal, this academic journal article, because I will make this into an article journal, presents a comprehensive summary and analysis of a dialogue among students at Jamaica Theological Seminary in Caribbean theology which included Reverend Ronaldo McKenzie, lecturer, Chantel, lecturer's assistant, Roly and Caron. The conversation spans multiple topics in Caribbean issues, 
ranging from historical events to sociopolitical issues, requiring theological considerations. Theological considerations that is Caribbean and from a subaltern view. Notice a subaltern view. The discussions mark the opening conversations in Caribbean theology. As we seek to develop a, theolo a theology, as we seek to develop a, a theology that is uniquely Caribbean, that speaks to the challenges, hopes, and dreams of Caribbean. The dialogue reveals significant themes related to misinformation, decolonization, Haitian democracy, liberation movements, privilege, power, and yes, the water crisis in Jamaica, and the political divisions that thwart any resolve to the crisis and other challenges of Caribbean. The discussions provided insights into the dynamics of conversational exchanges and their potential implications for societal progress as we push the arguments to their logical end by critically revisiting history, which is what we will do in Caribbean thought theology. The discussions provided insights into the dynamics of conversational exchanges. Again, the discussions provided insights into the dynamics of conversational exchanges and their potential implications for societal progress as we push the arguments to their logical end by critically revisiting history. This academic journal article summarizes a thought-provoking dialogue between the participants. The dialogue was useful. And we delved into a range of topics, into a range of topics, a range of topics, providing insights into the dynamics of conversational exchanges and their potential implications for social change and their potential, and, and let me say this again, and um, um, I'm gonna wrap up this class in about, give me like five minutes to wrap up. I wanna share my screen with you. Uh, But, and I'm gonna share this document with you. When I share this document, this document is only for you. It is not for anyone else. It's, it's not for anyone else. This document is only for you, okay? So, um, the, the, uh, I continue by saying, the dialogue reveals significant themes related to misinformation, decolonization, Haitian democracy, liberation movements, privilege, power, and the water crisis in Jamaica. Um, I think uh, Keron brought up the water crisis. Haitian democracy, liberation movements, privilege, and power. the water crisis in Jamaica and the political divisions that thwarts any resolve to the crisis and other challenges of Caribbean. Now the discussion provided insights into the dynamics of conversational exchanges, the dynamics of conversational exchanges. We're talking about pushing, pushing things to their logical end, into the dynamics of conversational exchanges and the, their potential implications and their what? 
their potential implications. For societal progress, as we push the arguments to their logical end by critically revisiting history, the academic journal article summarizes a thought-provoking dialogue between the participants. The dialogue was useful, and we delved into a range of topics, providing insights into the dynamics of conversational exchanges and their potential implications for social change. In fact, after the conversations, we were moved to compassion and action as the student relented and decided to sign a petition that has been established to bring awareness around the Haitian crisis and to rally support for a Haitian-led resolution that require CARICOM to not support any international peacekeeping mission and the de facto government currently leading Haiti. Keywords, what are the keywords? One, discourse analysis. We will do a lot of discourse analysis. We will do discourse analysis because it is by doing discourse that we will sometimes come to, when you, okay, say for example, talk about dialogic. When you look at Plato in the Phaedo and the, and the, the way in which ex, um, the philosophies were developed from dialogue through logical exchanges between persons. That is part, part of what we will do in this class. Oh, sorry about that, guys. So discourse analysis is one of the things that we will do. Misinformation. Decolonization, Haitian democracy, liberation movements, water crisis, um, unity, social change, critical thinking, and Caribbean theology. Now, and so what I did, so I will share this paper with you, and in it we will we look at the introduction, where the paper delves into a dialogue between the persons in the class examining the, or among the persons in the class, examining the various topics discussed and their underlying implications. The analysis aims to shed light on the dynamics of conversational exchanges and their potential influence on social exchange. Secondly, key themes, misinformation, correction. The conversation initiates or initiated with the correction of an erroneous statement. We talked about that, clarifying that what happened with um, uh, Jean Bertrand Aristide, he was abducted and not assassinated. Decolonization and sociopolitical influence. We discussed the influence of colonial masses in Jamaica and the border Caribbean region. The dialogue highlights the ongoing struggle for decolonization, exploring its implications on social structures. Again, exploring what? Its implications on social structures and governance. Four. Haitian democracy and self-determination. The conversation emphasizes the importance of supporting Haitian democracy and allowing the Haitian people to determine their own governance. This theme underscores the significance of self-determination and challenges external interference in the political affairs of Haiti, which is part, which moves, and then we move from that into five liberation movement and theological consideration. Discussions in the dialogue touch upon liberation movements and their historical significance. The participants reflect on what? The intersection of theology and social movements, providing insights into the role of faith in advocating for justice and equality. Six, environmental concerns. 
the water crisis in Jamaica emerges as a focal point, highlighting the urgency of addressing environmental challenges. The conversation underscores the need for sustainable, sustainable practices and collective efforts to combat the detrimental impact of water scarcity and how our theology speaks to a politics that transcends political disenfranchisement and franchisement towards a broader issue of communal responsibility to each other. Seven, unity and societal change. By the way, Karen, you see how I you see how you see how I interacted with your thing on water. You see how I interacted with it there. Seven, unity and, and social change. Um, the, the participants expressed concerns about the lack of unity among the Jamaican people. That was stemming from number six, particularly regarding matters of justice and good governance. They acknowledge the potential for a new generation to drive transformation. They acknowledge the potential for a new generation to drive transformative change and foster unity among diverse communities, which is part of our Caribbean theology. And that is why we ended with number eight, Caribbean theology. What is Caribbean theology? Caribbean theology seeks to address this based on number one to seven. We ended by we ended last week with the, with a definition of Caribbean theology, which we started with this week. It must it seeks to do what address the spiritual, social, and economic challenges faced by the Caribbean people. It recognizes the region's history of colonization, slavery, and ongoing socioeconomic disparities. And I notice I said socioeconomic disparities, which may come from a theology that keeps us backward and uncompetitive and seeks to offer a theological response that speaks to the lived experiences of Caribbean people. Some of the key themes and perspectives within Caribbean theology include that we have already said at the beginning, we are, we are closing the class, so we are rehashing it by saying one, contextualization, Caribbean theology emphasizes what? The importance of engaging with the specific cultural, historical, and social realities of the people, of the context. Okay, it seeks to bridge the gap between theology and the everyday experiences of Caribbean people. Bridge it, not force it as if you're forcing a needle into, uh, 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 sorry, forcing a cow into a needle. Two, liberation theology, influenced by the broader liberation theology movement, places a particular emphasis on liberation and empowerment of the marginalized and oppressed. That's okay, and out of that you have social democratic movements and so on. It highlights the need for social justice, equality, and dismantling of oppressive structures in Caribbean society. Third, Afro-Caribbean spirituality. We talk about where is that? Where is that in our theological training here at the Jamaica Theological Seminar? It recognizes and incorporates the rich. Notice I said rich, but in many, in many of our conversations, that part of our experience is not seen as rich. <laughs> okay? But Caribbean theology doesn't do that. It incorporates the rich, the rich spiritual traditions of the Afro-Caribbean population, including elements of African religions, Christianity, and syncretic practices, and acknowledges the spiritual resilience and creative expressions of faith within the um, Caribbean experience of context. Say, for example, the Rastafari movement was, uh, was a response, was a resilient response, okay? was a creative expression of faith within the Caribbean context. That, that's what it is. 
But even when within the, the religions and the, 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 the Christian, the Christianity and the kind of religion that we have to, today that is borrowed from a Eurocentric view, in some senses it has been it has been retransformed or it has evolved in a, in a kind of practice, a kind of liturgy, okay, that speaks to our dynamism, that speaks to our movement. So in a sense, it has evolved. But some people, there are still those who believe that, who call that that evolution as that some people who look down on that evolution, because now we come up with mainline religions as against non-aligned or non-mainline religions of, or denominations. They are non de okay, because it's non-mainline and be because the, it has evolved from, from the norm, from the status quo. Number five, community and communal ethics. Caribbean theology emphasizes what? The communal nature of Caribbean society. Communal, and we talked about, and we earlier talked about um, a gentleman who critiqued me, who attacked me, who challenged me for saying that Juneteenth has nothing to do with um, 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 the experiences of Haiti and, 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 and Jamaica. Why am I bringing it up? Talking about emancipation. But then when you talk about, but it, it goes without saying, and as academics, we are, you know, we are play to talk about philosopher kings, philosopher kings. I mean, I don't claim privilege, but in a sense, it is, it is I, it is we who must bring light to, 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 to what, where there is darkness. Because there are those who believe that, okay, or there are those who don't, we are moving away from thinking in terms of brotherhood and sisterhood. It is even within Christendom and within scriptures that we talk about the Good Samaritan and the issue of martyrdom and Jesus sacrificing. Yet our theology have no, have no room for that. It is the issue of Phariseeicalism, which is a social economic issue, an issue of bureaucracy. Phariseeicalism comes front and nature, do as I say, but not as I do. Yet, so our Caribbean theology recognizing traditions and languages, preserving Caribbean traditions and languages, music and art, as integral aspects of Caribbean spirituality. Again, Caribbean theology encourages the affirmation and reclamation of Caribbean cultural identity. It recognizes the importance of valuing and preserving Caribbean traditions, languages, music, and art as integral aspects of Caribbean spirituality. Community and communal ethics. Caribbean theology emphasizes the communal nature of Caribbean society and promotes a sense of community solidarity and collective responsibility. It calls for re reorientation towards, notice I say reorientation towards social and economic practices that prioritize the well-being of the entire community. It's important to note that Caribbean theology is what? A diverse and evolving field with different theologians contributing their unique perspectives. The works of Caribbean theologians such as Lewin Williams and Garnet Roper provide specific insight with, with which to begin to understand Caribbean theology within the context. Finally, finally, and we end here with this class. The course this semester will include my contributions and thinking surrounding this topic and the issue of power and privilege. This is vital as Caribbean theology is a complex and multifaceted field of study that explores the intersection of spirituality, culture, and the unique historical experiences of the Caribbean region. I said that is part of the Americas, which is part of Western civilization. It seeks to understand and address the issues of power, 
privilege and status that have shaped Caribbean society and its theological landscape. And of course, I continued and continued, and then we got, went. It's a 14 page document, which I will publish. I will try and summarize and send it to you. Or maybe I send all of it to you, but you cannot use it in, you cannot share it with, your, with anyone. Okay. It's just for you guys, uh, for your notes and so on and so forth. And we will stop here today. Okay. That's it for class. Okay. Any questions as we wrap up? No, sir. Any question? We'll ask our question Thursday. Great, great, great. Just remind me that I need to send you the, the thing on the presentation on interaction. I, did I ever send you that before? I haven't gotten anything yet, sir, in my email. I'll check though. Okay, um, so I will send you that. And you may find that helpful not only for this class, but for other classes that you might be taking up. Can okay. we follow that? Yeah, okay. So you can utilize that. And, um, and, and the second thing is for you guys is, um, nope, I'm not putting you under any pressure, okay? But um, what I would like for, so begin, what I would like for you guys to do, to do, to read the, the how to write interaction paper, begin working on the exercise, watch the two, the, the previous class and this class. This class, we're gonna make it available to you guys on the video as well. And, um, and I would, and, I will give, oh, and I will send a copy of the summarized version of the class, of this class and the last class. Going forward, I'm gonna ask each of, I will deputize each person to be responsible to, to do a summary or an interaction and to bring it to the class and share it, just as I just, okay? But that's okay. not now, I'm further on, okay? But that's about it. Thank you guys, we will end here. Um, I hope you please, but I have a Twitter page participating. I have a Caribbean diaspora Twitter page, community page. Join the conversations, develop your writing, start tweeting and getting involved in academic conversations and discourse and reading widely about different things and so on. You have your work cut out for you in terms of go to your churches and are you going to, you guys going to find it quite interesting, this participant of this, this research, this interaction research, when you go um, to contend with your people and with your churches. So. I'm looking forward to that um, and with your pastors and so on and so forth. Um, I will send you a copy of this tape so that it will give you more direction. It may not be ready to, tonight, but it may be ready tomorrow or first thing Wednesday morning. All okay. right. All right. Um, all right, bro bros. All right, everybody. All right, bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. Yeah, man, brothers and sisters in the faith, what good. I pray that God will keep you. I pray that God will protect you. I pray that God will surround each of us. I pray that he will grant us his favor. And I pray that we will be responsible, that we will be good Samaritans to people we'll meet. Bless us financially and empower us so that we can empower others. Bless us financially so that we can share our finances with others. And Lord God, I pray that those of us who have issues, whatever the people in Haiti, Roland is not here today. And, um, and I think he is still nervous. Some, many people in Haiti are afraid they don't have the kind of freedom to talk boldly in front of the camera like some of us do. So we know that Haiti have a problem when people can't talk boldly about things. We pray, Lord God, that you will protect the Haitians, let them come together, bring democracy and unity in the name of Jesus. We tell you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Bless you, sir. Yeah, man. Peace. What good. Yeah, take care. Yeah, man.